We're back with On Second Thought from GPB and Virginia Prescott. He has been on everything from Friends to The Office to The Goldbergs to American Dad. But you may know him best as Pete Hornberger from the show 30 Rock. We all need a release. I know, because Kenneth has taken mine away from me and I'm worried about what I'm going to do to replace it. While you were talking, I put a thumbtack in my neck. (gasps) Makes me feel something. Or maybe as the voice of Baymax from Big Hero 6. Ow. On a scale of one. Ow. On a scale. Ah. On a scale. Ow. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? <clears throat> Zero. It is all right to cry. No, 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 crying no. Crying no. is a natural no. response to pain. I'm not crying. Comedian and actor Scott adds it is on a two-night four-show run at Dad's Garage beginning tonight. But first joins me in the studio. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Georgia. It's very nice to be here. My family's here, so I get really? to visit them when I come down here, too. Yeah. My sister and her family live in Johns Creek. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So I actually was remembering, and this may or may not be right, from 30 Rock, Hornberger was deeply disappointed because he was supposed to participate in the 1980 Olympics. That's right. Yeah. Or was it 80 or 84? 80, I think. Okay. Yeah, because Carter is the one who boycotted so you've and forgiven, you, you and your character have forgiven Georgia? No, no, no. Hornberger, he is a liberal to be sure, but uh, he doesn't like Carter for that reason because he had archery glory in his future. Yeah, so that was an, it also another was thwarted thing about Hornberger, I guess. Yeah, well, that's his life, isn't it? We'd be disappointed if he wasn't thwarted. Apparently, I, when I read that script about him boycott, or being boycotted, um, I realized that, oh, Hornberger's a good six or seven years older than the actor playing him. Because I was 14 when that happened, that boycott. And <laughs> they put me in this beautiful kind of um, um, John Oates wig and mustache for that period. <laughs> you had a full of on my mustache. Life. Yeah. You were a very mature 14 year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and things all went. We just went south from there. (laughs) He had to become a producer on a very successful television program. Well, that part was good. But yeah, so you didn't really peak at 14 as Hornberger. He he could have. (laughs) I mean, he wishes he had. He wishes anything he doesn't have. (laughs) So how does one get into improvisation? I mean, of course, you're in Illinois. Second City is there. Legendary improv shop. But did you know, when does one think... I want to be an improviser. Well, there's a difference. You can say, I want to be an improviser, and and that's great. And you can also then say, I want to do it for a living, and that's entirely different. Because that's not a living. Um, in Chicago, I grew up outside Chicago in Northbrook, Illinois, and my parents would take me down maybe two or three times before I went to college. They took me to Second City, and I saw great people on stage and thought it was just incredible and like a thing that people do, which I didn't think existed. And it was unique, and it thrilled me. And then my high school, Glenbrook North, had an improv troupe when I got there. And so I auditioned for that, and I got in. And and we would perform at assemblies and, and other functions of the school and make fun of the school. And we had leeway to be high school political and express opinions and points of view and and generally they were hands off the administration they let us criticize them 
What were the kind of politics of that era I'm, I'm trying to place? Uh, you know, important things like lunch is not long enough. Or I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. It was, the real issues? <laughs> yeah. There, no, but there were other things um, having to do with uh, censorship and the politics uh, of the good students and the bad students and the view of the administration of, like, the potheads and the sportos, and the sportos are the good guys. And... That seemed off to us. Not that we were... I don't think any of us were really potheads or anything like that, but, but we were defending the, what we saw as the downtrodden. And it was just a great kind of place to learn that I could have a voice through comedy. That, that sounds so strange, but uh, I, it, there is an, an art form called comedy, too, which I strive for. But you never did stand-up. No, I tried it a couple times with a friend of mine called Dino Stamatopoulos, and we did a few nights in Chicago at the Funny Firm. He's done it more than I have, but I just didn't like kind of the... I like being on stage. I didn't like the backstage stuff. What do you mean? Well, the... The, 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 the water on ice? <laughs> <laughs> the pretzels? No, it was more the, the sweaty, hunched-over, trembling, angry people who were waiting to go on stage. Uh-huh. Um, and just a lot of vitriol. How is the uh, improv crowd different than that? Well, they're a, they try to be a family, and it succeeds pretty well because a successful group has to like each other. And uh, in my time at Second City and, and my other experience in Chicago around Second City and adjacent to, uh, everybody was pretty loving and, and supportive and uh, wanted the product to be great. And so I never ex- really experienced that n- any negativity in improv. Well, some huge names have come out of Second City, of course. Mm-hmm. John Belushi, Gilda Radner, Chris Farley. And you came up around the same time as Stephen Colbert and Tina Fey. How did you use improv as an actor? Uh, it's essentially reacting, honestly. Um, I think good improv is uh, finding a, a natural reaction to something and still making it funny. Uh, and and one person does it and the other person does it and they go back and forth with this reaction fest and that's all we're watching is human behavior in the pursuit of desires and uh, I think that that informs any kind of acting it's just you come to realize the basics of improv kind of apply to every aspect of life that really translate into life lessons like you know you have to be interested to be interesting and tr- say yes as often as possible, um, and things like that. Your, you, your job is to support your partner and not yourself. It's just about making your partner look good and feel good, and, and, and if they're doing the same to you, then you got something. And all of that applies to life really well. And, and so it also, of course, applies to acting in a much more direct way. So improv informs me as an actor uh, to respond in the moment and honestly and in a way that is not selfish, hopefully. Yeah. And and you've played such a variety of characters. I'm thinking of Pete Hornberger, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of course, from 30 Rock. 
And Baymax, the voice for Baymax. Yes, Big Hero 6 is uh, this Disney cartoon which came out in 2014 and won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. And uh, and I play this big robot in it. Nothing wrong with that. But but it's so interesting because a robot is without emotion. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing with your voice? I mean, first of all, you're not physically acting, obviously, because you've got a robot. Well, I mean, I think generally with a voiceover, you do act as physically as the room will allow Mm -hmm. and the mic will allow um, because that's a big part of performance and emotion but since Baymax's emotions are in question we don't know if he's really got emotions or not um, I tended to stay very still when I was doing the the role and actually I still do it uh, because we have a TV show now Um, but he kind of rides the line I have to like walk this tightrope of falling too far into robotic and falling too far into emotion. So he kind of skirts that and leans one way or the other now and then. And my theory of Baymax is that somewhere deep inside, he has the emotions that we want him to have and that we are kind of uh, assuming he has. Uh, but he doesn't have the facility to communicate them properly. Yes, yeah, so there's another sort of thwarted character, but in another way. <laughs> yeah. Is this your brand? <laughs> yeah. That's just what people see in me when they cast, I guess. <laughs> I'm speaking with Scott Adds that he's an actor and a comedian, and he's going to be on stage at Dad's Garage Friday and Saturday night. But for now, in the studio. Um, you've also made a number of guest appearances on a bunch of TV shows. The Office, Portlandia, Veep, Law & Order, SUV, mm-hmm. like so many actors. How is that different, dipping into these larger productions, you know, coming in, compared to developing a character? Um, Yeah, I guess it seems more like an assignment when when you're just doing a one-shot on a show. Um, You want to make sure that you get it right and you don't disappoint. Uh, You want to come in with what you do, but also serve what they need in that moment, Um, as opposed to when you're part of a series when you are... A big part of the development of the character and and uh, and the writing bends toward what you do well eventually you know and when you're kind of work for hire when you're a mercenary actor like that and you go in you just got to get the job done so it's a little different that way um, and you're also entering into a family that exists you know you are absolutely a guest and uh, Sometimes you're a very, very welcome guest, and they're very excited to have you, and they're very pleased. And sometimes they're, it, it, it's just like you're the exterminator coming to kill the beetle infestation. <laughs> um, Amelia tells me I just said Law & Order SUV, which is... S-V-U. Could, yes, <laughs> instead of SVU. That would be a much that less be... <laughs> exciting one. <laughs> well, okay, so you have played... A couple of roles that have cheesy in the title. Really? A cheesy salesman and cheesy announcer. Mm, okay. So uh, you, do you audition for these or do they think like, we need a cheesy guy, let's call ads it. Cheesies are offer only. Uh, there was a, sh- a movie called A Case of You where I played a cheesy, I think the host of a retirement party dance with Justin Long. I w- that was exciting for me because... One of the actors who was playing one of the retired people played Luis on Sesame Street. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Senior, you were, you were, I lit you up. Were, you were listening to me. You were being respectful. You, you, but you were looking down at your research. And I said, Luis from Sesame Street. And there was a pause lit. and then a click. And you looked up and your jaw dropped. 
And that's the way I felt. I imagine that's how anyone who meets him feels, you know? I've, I've met several Sesame Street people, and they sometimes come to see me perform and stuff, and that is like a jaw drop. It's amazing. Yeah. I actually was looking because I now see that a case of you, you were a cheesy announcer, and it was in Mr. Woodcock, you were a cheesy that's salesman. Right. That's right. I'm trying to multitask here. I guess that's something you can't do when you're doing improvisation. You must have to be completely singular of focus. Yeah, pretty much. You have to be locked into your partner, pretty much. And that's what uh, a successful scene for me is, is when when I am playing just to my partner and aware of the audience and what they need, but mostly just trying to make her look good, you know? That's okay. For me, I'm just going to admit that I guess a lesson that I learned a long time ago is that it's not about making yourself look smart. It, it is about making the person who's with you feel comfortable enough to speak. Well, that's you're doing a great job. I feel very comfortable, and you look kind of dumb right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you found me out. <laughs> this whole charade is, is over. But improvisation terrifies me because I... I feel as if I would be thinking only of myself. So it's very interesting for you to say that it's about the other person. That's how you find success. That's when everything kind of clicks for you as an improviser is when you realize it's not about being clever. It's not about you. And it's a very hard lesson because you think, yeah, it's all, that's all very touchy-feely and I get it. But I want to be successful so I know I have to be funny. Yeah, it's good to be funny. But generally, funny comes from honesty and being connected and the relationship rather than look how clever I can be with or without my partner. I think with so many creative people, there is a temptation to rely on the things that they know. You know like, bag of tricks. I, yeah, bag of tricks. So how do, you, how do you keep yourself out of your bag of tricks? I never really cataloged a bag of tricks as far as I can remember. I do know people who have large bags of tricks and they rely on them and they're very good tricks. But it never really interested me to just repeat 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 i have bad habits i might fall into or or uh relationships cues that i will revisit but not generally in a way that is like i can always do you know 3a uh so i feel i feel like um bag of tricks just is a cul-de-sac um and some people rely on it and some people are really good with their tricks so I'm not going to knock it. I'm just going to say I don't enjoy it doing it myself. Is there something that you would like to play, you know, something you haven't done yet? Uh, yeah. I am a character in the Deadpool comics. Yes. And it, that has transferred now to the Guardians of the Galaxy comic. Mm -hmm. So Marvel Comics uh, have these two guys who created the, the newest version of Deadpool, uh, Brian Posehn and, and Jerry Duggan. And... They wrote a character who was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, who uh, was just a supporting character in the first Deadpool comic they wrote, and he stuck around, and the artist drew me. He just chose me because he thought it suited the character, my look. So he just straight up drew me as the character, and I got a call from Jerry, who I know, and he said, hey, listen, our, our artist drew you. Would you sign a release? And just let us, because we don't want to re redraw all this. So I said, sure. And the character stuck around, and eventually they were calling it Agent Adsit, which is my last name. And then eventually, a few issues later, they were calling it Agent Scott Adsit. And then he became a major supporting character in Deadpool. 
and uh, he was just always around. He's kind of a put-upon bit of a loser, but he's good at his job and he can kick ass sometimes. And then when Jerry was writing the comic by himself, uh, Marvel had this big culling of characters. They were killing a bunch of characters off. And he knew that they would come gunning, editorial would come gunning for Agent Atsit, so he threw me up into space. And now I am a commander in the Nova Corps, uh, which has been, a, has been in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Glenn Close was the person who kind of ran the uh, Nova Corps in Guardians. And so I'm a commander in that fleet of space agents. So I would love to play that in the movies. That would be fun, just <laughs> to play myself in the Marvel Universe, because I do exist. If there's a multiverse, I do exist in the Marvel Universe officially. <laughs> well, Scott Adsit, it's a pleasure having you here Thank on you. Earth with us today. I've had a great time. Thank Comedian and actor Scott Adsit. You may have seen him in a number of TV shows like 30 Rock, and you may have heard him as the voice of Baymax on Big Hero 6. Well, this weekend, you can see him on stage at Dad's Garage on Friday and Saturday night. What time? 8 o'clock and 10.30. Thanks so much for Thanks. taking the time. Oh, this is lovely. And we're going to leave you with the theme from 30 Rock, scored by Jeff Richmond, and that is our show for today. On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, LaRaven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer, with help from Bram Sable-Smith. Jesse Neiswanger is our engineer. Our interns are Allison Krausman and Jessica Lowell. Don Smith is our Dean of Grammar. Amy Kiley is senior producer. I'm Virginia Prescott. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is On Second Thought.